Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. And fanscapes.co.uk. Made by fans for fans. Hello and welcome back to A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean and Ben Wynn Stanley. Lee, it's been a few days since Everton have played. Everton v Burnley, Monday night, 8pm kickoff. What are your thoughts? Do you feel that like Everton, it's a must-win game? Yeah. I think there's only probably around 10 games um, a season at home that you'd fully expect to win. I know there's no easy games in the Premier League, but Burnley's certainly one that I'd class as one that you're absolutely gutted, even if you draw. You, you, you know the feeling, walking away from Goodison, you've dropped points against a team like Burnley at home. And it always it's always like gut-wrenching. Um and I know I know they've got a few strengths, you know, in the decent and they've been around for a little while in the Premier League now, but you know, we're better than Burnley. The fact is, if we turn up and we play the way we can and we apply ourselves the way we have been and work hard and win our battles, then it's a game we'll we will win. Um, but that's a big if and you can't take nothing for granted. So we have got to keep those levels up that we've seen in the first three games. Uh, and then, and if we do that, I fully expect us to to come out on top. I mean, if you look at the start of the season, you know they've it's been underwhelming. They've played three, they've lost two of them, they've drawn one uh, away at Leeds, which was a, a decent point. Um, they've lost to Brighton and Liverpool, so you know I know they haven't played anyone decent yet, but they've got us at the weekend. Um, the threat comes on the wing with obviously Ashley Barnes and the fella that we've been sort of after all summer um, Dwight McNeil supplying Chris Wood up front that big lump and he's just that typical player who always seems to score against Everton Chris Wood and then you're gutted when he scored against you because really he's just like a big pole up there who just bullies and barges people he's not blessed with a great deal of technical ability and you just expect if our 
back four are switched on, you know, you'd fancy them to get the better of him over the course of 90 minutes. And then we've got threat now going forward. I think all of our front players and the way we were set up with 4-4-2, I think they're getting a lot more opportunities. We're creating more chances. And when you've got quality of the likes of Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, Damari Gray, obviously a Wobi started really well, Townsend. You know, you've possibly got a certain Colombian available this weekend. Then you'd fancy us at the other end to bag at least one or two. So it's a game I'm really looking forward to. It's been ages. You know, by the time Monday night comes, it's been a month, a calendar month since the Southampton game, which is just mad, especially after we've been waiting so long for that one to come around. So I can't wait. Taking my eldest daughter to a proper can't wait. You know, work on a Monday seems to go quick, doesn't it? Because you're looking forward to the match. Um, so, yeah, can't wait for this one. Fully expect three points. Ben, just looking at, at Burnley and rightly what Leeds just said, they, they started the season a bit indifferently. A, a 2-1 home defeat at Brighton first game of the season. A 2-0 defeat away to Liverpool. And then they won away at Newcastle in the League Cup 1-0. But then they drew at home with Leeds 1-1. So it's a bit of an indifferent start. But nevertheless, we know what we're going to get with Burnley, aren't we? We know what we're going to get. First things first, thank God that the international break is all done and dusted because... It's got to the stage where I actually miss watching Everton play football, which is a very rare emotion, <laughs> which I haven't felt for a long time. But I'm looking forward to watching the Blues again on Monday night. Um, so, yeah, Burnley, they've had, a, like you said, a bit of an indifferent start. But they've been a team in the Premier League now for a number of years now. And I feel like hats have got to go off to Sean Dice. He's one of the most underrated managers in the Premier League for me. They've probably got one of the most limited budget in the Premier League and always seem to do reasonably well. You only got to look back to last year when they came to Goodison and that first half they played us off the park and obviously we got beat 2-1 at home but our home form was dreadful but they looked like a good solid team and it's what you see is what you get. Proper majority of the players are British um, and they set up like a, a predominantly 4-4-2 formation and they have got some good players around. Look at Nick Pope and goal. Um, it, there's arguments I know before the Euros that's just gone that Nick Pope's maybe being in number one I'm massively against that I think Pickford's been brilliant and he was brilliant through the Euros and he, he is still England's number one then you look at Chris Wood up front um, you got Rodriguez for them Jay Rodriguez not the Hammers but Jay Rodriguez for them and Ashley Barnes so there's goals there. Chris Wood's a player, especially even when he was at Leeds. He was a goal scorer and he always causes issue against us. He's a big centre forward and we normally predominantly play Yerry Mina or Michael Keane on him, but he always seems to do really well. So good in the air, natural born finisher. So it's going to be a really tricky game, I, I think, um, on Monday night. I feel like it's going to be who's going to blink first. There's two managers who predominantly like to sit quite deep and then break on the counter. Now, this season, as we've talked about on numerous podcasts, we've now got the option of pace of Damari Gray, Richarlison, Carver-Lewin, the L4 Hulk, as the county bobblers like to call him, Solomon Rondon now coming into the frame. So there's options. We've got Hammers, as Lee quite rightly touched on, Awobi. There's a lot of a lot of different variables now that Benitez can set out now to really expose Burnley. It's going to need someone like an Awobi, like a Rodriguez, Damari Gray to get in these little pockets that they, they kind of leave. Because you, you look at the midfield on the right, they've got Goodmanson, Westwood, Jack Cork, and obviously Dwight McNeil's the danger man on the left, who I, I still think would have been a great sign if we've got it over the line. But at the back, Matthew Lowton, solid right back, been around for a while. Centre half, Tarkowski, Ben Me, um, and then Taylor, the left back. So 
they've got decent a decent defensive setup Burnley, and it's, it, it is going to be difficult. We're going to need our creative players to really be on the on the ball because we have got pace now, but we just need this the next level. How are we going to unlock teams that are potentially going to sit in deep against us? Whereas we have been playing quite deep and breaking at speed. How are we going to come against a team that likes to do it against us? It's going to be really, really interesting, Mick, from a tactical side of things. So it's going to be interesting to see certain threads after the match to see how we set up, how they set up. But I'm really looking forward to it. But as Lee quite rightly told, so it's a must, must win game. We've had a great start. We're on a high. If we get three points and have 10 points on the board after the first four games, not be unbeaten, potentially have another clean sheet, I'd be over the moon. I'd be absolutely over the moon. So fingers crossed the Blues can get it, get it done. We haven't had a, a night... Uh, at Goodison, at the old lady under the lights in how many years now due to the COVID pandemic. So it's going to be another special occasion. I feel like the atmosphere is going to be electric. There's going to be loads of blues that haven't been back to Goodison um, this year. So it's just going to be a really special event again. And I, for one, cannot wait and look forward to watching Everton play football again, which is a first in a long time. Lee, a lot's been said over the centre half predicament that Everton are in, who starts, who doesn't out of the out of the four: Mason Holgate, Michael Keane, Ben Godfrey, and Yerry Mina. So, with all four fit and raring to go for Monday night, who would you like to see in in, the, in those positions? I think it's changed a bit now, hasn't it? Because I know it's it's looking like Hey Coleman's going to be out, and I know we're going to touch upon him later. So, you'd guess it's going to be either Holgate or Godfrey filling in at right back on Monday. Um, and, if, and if that's the case, obviously, I think Yerry Mean has got to come in. He's got to be one of your centre-halves. I think if you look at our record with him in the team, as opposed to our record without him, it's much better. Um, so I think Yerry Mina comes in and, and straight away that hopefully nullifies some of the threat that Chris Wood is going to cause. Obviously, he'll have a height advantage over Chris Wood, which you know not many people can can say. Um, and then it's Keen, uh, or you know, oh, I don't know. I think I say that Keen struggled. I know he was a lot better against um, Brighton, but if you remember before that game, we were all calling for Godfrey and Mina to be your centre back partnership, and obviously Godfrey, for whatever reason, still wasn't quite ready. So now he is ready. If you were to give me the option of Holgate and Keen, I'd pick Mason Holgate. I think when he's on his game and I know he's struggled and I know he's got loads of areas of improvement, which it's nice to see him come out and acknowledge this week, by the way, and I think he was refreshingly honest. I'd be choosing Holgate over Keane, personally. Um, so I think it's either going to be Holgate or Godfrey at right back and, and the other one fitting in alongside Yerry Mina. That'd be, that'd be my preference. I don't know what Ben thinks about that one. Ben, what are your thoughts? I don't know. It, it really does cause a lot of discussions on social media regarding the four centre-halves at Everton Football Club at the moment. It's very difficult. Teams, uh, sorry, fans don't really know who their number one and number two are. What are your thoughts? I think if everyone was fitting well and the squad was a, the, the best, I think Yerry Mina and Ben Godfrey are the two centre-halves that we particularly want to be playing week in, week out. Um, Yerry Mina is a, a very, he's a very good defender. Um, wins a lot of headers there for aerial threat. And he's good on the ball as well. Ben Godfrey's got the ability to, obviously, he's got pace behind him. We've all seen the videos this week from Everton. 
that showed they all said basically Ben Godfrey was the fastest in the team and it does get him out of a lot of situations where potentially because look he's very raw he's very natural um, and I feel like in the next few years he's going to become a brilliant centre-half but there is still errors to his game but he's got speed at the moment to obviously make up for that positional awareness going forward because the best centre-halves are never quick they're just there they're always in the right spot at the right time but he's got pace added. So we can get that side of his game sorted. He's going to be phenomenal. And for me, Ben Godfrey's going to be a future Everton captain for me. Just I just love the lad. I think he's been a revelation since he signed. Loves the tackle. Gets what Everton's all about. And look, he hasn't played in front of a full house at Goodison either. So he could come on even more with the crowd behind him. So I'd like to probably see Ben Godfrey, Yerry Mina, and then it, obviously the Coleman situation, which we're going to address shortly. Then we obviously look at Mason Holgate at right back, who... As Lee quite rightly again said before, I felt like his she was very refreshing because 18 to two, 18 months or two years ago, I was praising Mason Holgate or probably up there with player of the season. And last year he kind of went backwards. Now, was that down to lack of coaching? Um, a bit cocksure of himself, shall we say, from last year. But it was just good to see him to come out and just say, I'm not up to them standards. Um, I'm better than that and I'll show you what I can do. And I respect that from him. That's the type of interviews I can get behind Mick because it's honest and it's what we can all see. And he clearly showed that just he, he had a poor season and he quite right. He did have a poor season last year. He really did. But when he filled in at right back, I thought he played all right. We're not going to get the attacking flair of your Seamus Coleman going around the outside. And even to an extent, you Ben Godfrey, but at least he's played there before at right back. He knows the position. He went on loan at West Brom. He played right back for a predominant long periods of time in the championship. So he is a position he can get well. We, we, as I discussed on the last podcast, um, Holgate, on our best run of form last year, Holgate was the right-back during that Christmas period where we were getting a, a few wins together. Now, it's going to be difficult for well, probably Andros Townsend. He's, he's going to be up 2v1. Um, he's going to be up against probably the left winger and the left back trying to overlap because you're not going to get the overlapping runs from Holgate. You, you, you're just not because he probably doesn't trust himself to get back if we get caught on the counter and Benitez will be giving him a bit down the bank, shall we say. So it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be very interesting. Um, and Is Townsend going to get it and whip it out of his feet, get it into the box early for your Calvert-Loom, which is another bonus to see him back in training since he picked up a knock at Brighton. So it's really good and refreshing to have him back. Or do you look at your Awobi on your right to work? Because Awobi is quick. He's going to work his, his backside off of the team. He gets up and down. So there's a lot of tactical things that he needs to look at, Benitez. And it's it's going to be a difficult choice, I think, for the starting eleven. But if everyone's fit, Mick, Godfrey and Mina for me going forward. Michael Keane's had a bit of an indifferent start. I've seen a stat today that he's won the most duels out of um, anyone across the Premier League at the moment. But it, sometimes I like stats. You both know I do. But sometimes it doesn't paint the full picture because... Status on that side of things show that he's had a really good start to the season where, in fact, he probably has been quite poor and he's given away two errors leading to goals already over the, the, the first three, the three, um, the three games. So, yeah, them two for me, Mick. Hopefully we can kick on um, and get that right-back position sorted back to it again. <laughs> Lee, just stepping away from the Birmingham, I don't look too far ahead of ourselves, but just looking at our forthcoming fixtures, we have Burnley at home, Aston Villa away, QPR away in the cup, and then Norwich at home, and that ends off the month. So do you think Rafa Benitez is looking at these four games, including the cup game, away at QPR and thinking, yeah, these three league games, there's some points here for us? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we said that before the start of the season. You know, our, our fixtures up until possibly November are really kind and it, it presents a, a good opportunity for Everton to start the season really well like we did last year but then capitalise on it and, and keep it going which you'd fancy under Benitez's side not to lose focus and concentration and not get complacent um, so the fixtures you've just mentioned there I think Monday's one you've got to be looking to win the cup game I think again is a really good opportunity to get through to the next round of the cup and then what? who, who is the other Norwich um, Norwich at home again yeah and Villa away that's the what the Villa away is one I'm leaving till last. That's that's your difficult one out of the next four. I think away to Villa is now these days a difficult fixture. Um, they've recruited really well. I think they're showing signs that they're starting to come together a little bit now this season and coping with the loss of uh, Grealish. Um, so that'll be, that'll be a difficult game. But we said Leeds away would be a difficult game, which it was. But we were unlucky not to come away with the three points from that one. So. It's a game you'd fancy Everton to go away and, and get something. And I'm probably going to say that around most games this this year. I think aside from maybe two or three sides away from home where you'd, you'd think actually you'd take a point here. You know, I think Everton are capable of winning on our day. You know, and I'm not saying we're, we're top four material or anything this season, but on our day, when we've got players fit, we're, we're a match for any side we can we can be we've got really good players um so yeah it's a, it's a massive opportunity for us and then we, we you know we could be you know come the first of november in a really really promising position and like i've just said before i can't see us repeating the mistakes of last year this is a different mindset it's a different management team a different formation different tactics and i think the motivation will be there all the way through we're going to have slip ups because we haven't got a great deal of depth in this squad same as last year um, so we'd be foolish to say you know start making any heady, heady predictions or being get left getting carried away let's say with, with this start of the season but there's certainly room for optimism and I think we've seen enough in the first three or four weeks of the season to be, have reason to be optimistic so yeah I, I'm you know confident let's, let's hope for maybe six points minimum You'd probably predict seven, nine would be nine would be lovely, and then obviously getting through in the cup. Ben, looking a bit deeper into this game, James Rodriguez hasn't left Everton. The Turkish window is actually closed now, and he still remains at the club. What are your thoughts now? The Turkish window is closed. Do you expect Everton and Rafa Benitez to integrate James back into the squad and maybe feature on the bench on Monday night, or do you expect Everton to maybe still keep him at an arm's length? train with the team but maybe not appear and the club and the player probably still look for a way out yeah, well I said on my last podcast he's arguably the best player at the football club he's absolutely well class on his day now does he fit into Rafa's hard work from 4-4-2 we spoke about in the last podcast I think it potentially could could be um, but look we've got a really good we've had a really good set of results uh, we're playing really decent counter-attacking football so at the moment in time, I wouldn't throw him in to start. 100% I wouldn't, but you could definitely have him an option off the bench. And he's obviously been away on his, on his jolly bob, shall we say. I think he went to Ibiza, was it? It got verified as. Um, he's had his strong tan. I think he's got better legs than you, Miff. 
the uh, from the pictures I've seen. So yeah, it's um, you need yeah, you need to get integrated into the squad. He is world class, and he can make a massive difference off the bench. He can come on, he can fit in, he can play on the right, he can play just behind one of Richarlison or your Calvert-Lewin. And a big thanks to Brazil uh, football <laughs> for giving us Richarlison, not reporting us to FIFA so we can actually pick him this weekend. That's going to get interesting, I think. But no, that's great to have him available too because otherwise it was the uh, big Rondon was starting off front, I think, with DCL. So, But no, back to Hammers. Yeah, you've got, got to get involved in the squad now. You've seen him today in training. I think there's a, a really good picture of him going around with Yerry Mina and the big man, Rondon, all smiles together. Um, so, no, there's definitely, definitely a place. Who are we to turn our noses up 12 months on, near enough to the day that he signed to say that, like, oh, no, there's no place for Everton Football Club? Because I think there is. I feel like having him in the round the squad, around the players, it can only be a positive. Players like... Players coming through, Anthony Gordon, Lewis Dobbin, these certain players that are like bordering on the first team. And you're playing with Hammers Rodriguez in training, and you can watch his movements, watch what he sees, because I'm sure he's got eyes in the back of his head. He can pick a pass out of nowhere. And imagine him if we're playing if we're under the cosh a bit, say for 2 0 up, 1 2 0 up. Imagine him just coming on because he loves the ball to feet. He's just dead cool, calm, and collected. Gets it to feet, plays it out again pass and then he moves, gets the ball back, which you might need if you're defending a win. And then on the other hand, if you get it out to him quick on the counter-attack in football, imagine having Damari Gray bombing up the left or the right, the ball falling to Hammers, 80th minute, and he just puts over this worldy ball, which he's more than capable of. And you're on the breakdown with someone who can put the ball within a metre in front of you. There's certainly, certainly a place for him. Any Blues to hold a grudge against him. He never once in the summer said that he wanted to leave. I, I feel like Everton wanted him off the wage much more than him wanting to leave personally because, look, he is on quite a big fee, near enough touching just shy of a million pounds a month. That, that, that's what it is. Uh, and clearly Everton wanted to save the, the 12 million this year and to potentially even reinvest it either in January or in the summer next year. But look, he's here now, so let's use him. What a waste it would be for him to be on these wages, not to obviously integrate him into this squad. So, no, Mick, I'm hoping to see him in the squad on Monday. I'm not expecting him to start, but I'm, I'm expecting him to make a massive impact off the bench, which he's more than capable of doing. So, no, really excited for him to integrate into the squad, into the tactics going forward, because there's certainly a place for him. Lee, where do you sit with this one? I know it's really divided opinion on social media. James Rodriguez. A lot of fans think, yeah, he's not going to fit in with Rafa Benitez's plans. Rafa probably doesn't really want him, so don't play him. But then on the other end of the spectrum, there are a lot of fans that are saying he's a world-class player, technically very, very gifted, and who are we, like Ben said, to turn our nose up at a player like James Rodriguez? So, so where do you sit with this? Do you think Everton should integrate him back in, bring him off the bench and utilise him that way, start him, leave him out? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I listen. I think Ben has summarised the whole Hammer situation really, really well there, and his thoughts are very, very similar to mine. So, at the risk of repeating what Ben's just said, I think you know, yeah, I think a lot of people seem to be hung up on the fact that he's on two hundred thousand pounds a week. Okay, fair enough. That's what he commanded. We were all very happy with him being on two hundred thousand pounds a week twelve months ago when he was the you know he was the fruit of everyone's eye. Um, he's undoubtedly the most talented player we've got on our books. Um, let's not forget where we potentially could have been 
had it not been for James Rodriguez last season. He has done things wrong. You know, I think he's he's probably displayed poor judgment on a couple of occasions and that's, you know, quite rightly annoyed a section of Everton fans. But listen, you've got to sort of take the rough with the smooth sometimes when it comes to players' availability. Um, you know, do do you sort of have to offer them a little bit of a wider berth because he is so talented, you know, he's been at some massive clubs. You know, the fact that he's at Everton, given where we are at the minute, I'm certainly grateful for because there's not many times I've been to Goodison and watched players of that calibre pull on the blue shirt. And I, from just a purely romantic Everton fan point of view, I just can't wait to see him play live in front of me. It was horrible last year watching him on the, on the telly in front of an empty stadium, looking at all that talent and there was no one there, you know, to appreciate it. So I think Ben's spot on there. He, you know, imagine bringing him on when teams are stretched, you know, when maybe we're 1-0 up or so 2 nil up, which is a horrible scoreline, and you bring Hammers on, you know, it's it's a it's a statement, isn't it? And you and you're giving the opposition something to worry about rather than worrying about the opposition coming back into the game. Um he can provide a killer through ball, you know, he's, he's the best finisher at the club. You know, you've you've seen that with some of the little close range, you know, tight angles that he's managed to score from where nobody else could could score from similar positions. He's just mustard and He's James Rodriguez, and I want to see him play for Everton. Um, and he's here now. We can't do nothing about it now for, what, four months? Like Ben said, I can't recall him ever kicking off or wanting to leave. I think it is more of a case of the club of thought. He's an asset that we're probably best cashing in on, but it didn't happen for one reason or another. So, listen, you'll see on Monday. If he's on the bench and he comes on after an hour, 70 minutes, he'll get the... the the best reception anyone would get. Um, I think that the roof will come off Goodison because we've all been waiting to see him. You know, if you look at the look at how opinions and the sort of attitude towards Rafa Benitez has changed in just a few weeks, I predict that three or four weeks down the line we'll have seen enough from James Rodriguez again to maybe not question his commitment to the club, realise what we've got, and you know we'll all be praying that he's staying in the January transfer window. That that's my bold prediction. I could be wrong, you know. It, it, it's uh, it's certainly happened before. You know, I've been wrong on other things before, and if I am, fair enough. But I'll be right behind him, and I'm hoping for mine and my eldest daughter's sake, who can't wait to see him play, possibly for different reasons, that uh, he's involved on Monday night. Ben, moving away from James Rodriguez, Seamus Coleman's picked up an injury whilst away with the Republic of Ireland on international duty. It seems to be a, a hamstring strain. He's gone for a scan, so it looks likely he's going to miss out on Monday. Now, this has sparked a lot of debate again amongst Evertonians and Irish fans, I must say. A lot of Everton fans are now calling on Seamus Coleman to, to retire from international duty. It's not the first time he's picked up an injury whilst with Ireland. Where, where do you sit with this? I know... Who are we or who are Everton to tell a player to retire from international duty? But, you know, a lot of fans are saying, well, we pay his wages and with him not getting any younger, we can't really afford him to go away with Ireland and pick up an injury like he has just done. So do you think Seamus Coleman now needs to maybe look at himself and think, yeah, I've had my time with Ireland. I'm now the 32, 33. It's now time to call it a day and just focus on my playing career at Everton and the longevity there. Or do you feel, no, who are we to say that? You know, he deserves his time with Ireland and if he, long may that continue for as long as that's possible. 
where do you sit with this one? Well, what I'll start with saying is is that Marcel Brands, we told you so, because we've left ourselves massively short. I know it's a bit of an injury scare. It's more of like a precaution. But we potentially could be starting with the likes of Holgate, Godfrey, John Joe Kenny at right back, which is not good enough for a Premier League game. So I wanted to start off that. Like we talked about in the last podcast, it was negligence not signing a right back for me. On to your question. I it's a really difficult one. Now, most players who play at international level sometimes get to a stage where they go, I can't do this anymore. I, I need the break in between fixtures. And that's down to the player and the pair. And I feel like Seamus Coleman is a very proud individual. He's proud to be Irish. He's proud to represent the country. And he's putting his his mind and heart over his body, shall we say, because he plays a run of games and then always picks up these knocks and he's not getting any younger. If he feels like he wants to play, then nobody can stop him. Um, he's a man of his own mind, but it's starting to hamper him going forward. And like you say, Everton do pay his wages going forward. And it... It's a really, really difficult one because the club can't turn around and say, you're not going, Seamus. But they don't alternate him from the starting 11s. I think he played the first two games, literally a starting right-back. There seems to be no squad rotation. It's You are your right-back and you are playing the full 90 minutes because it, it it's just he's the starting right-back. There's no one coming through to take the reins off him yet and it's just hampering him for us. Because we've said it for a while, he, he needs the rest between games. You can see that his legs start to go about 70 minutes in and he's not making these forward-thinking runs. Um, so, what to say to him? I, I want him to swerve international football. I want him to call it a day. That My personal view is I want him to call it a day because he should be playing a majority of his football for Everton Football Club. So, I want them to pack in the internationals every time. How many times over the years have we let players go on international duty? Mostly Ireland, to be fair. I remember when James McCarthy, Seamus Coleman used to go, they used to always get injured. Like, I don't know what they used to do in training, but every international break they come back with knocks. It was it was prominent every time they went away. So for me, Seamus Coleman has got, it's probably come to a head now. Um, has it been forced on him now to potentially make that decision? I think so. Um, he's not getting any younger. He hasn't got a run of games. Maybe if Everton did sign a right-back, he could have a bit of a squad rotation and he could have time to rest in between Premier League weeks and the Cup games. If we go on to the further stages of the EFL Cup, the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, shall we say. So, yeah, but he's not going to have that break. He's not going to have the rest. He's our number one starting right-back. And unfortunately, we haven't got the quality to replace him in these games going forward. So he is going to be playing a large portion of these games and he is now going to pick up these knocks. He's not someone like your Cristiano Ronaldo, who's just a freak of nature of his body, deep with the way his body's shaped and the way he eats, the way he drinks. He's just a normal Irish fella who likes playing football, who's got a really high level of fitness. So yeah, it's going to come to a head now personal I'd like him to, to give it up I'd like him to concentrate on Everton but us Evertonians knowing Seamus Coleman he's going to want to play every minute that he can for Ireland because he's very proud to be Irish so I feel like a lot of Evertonians are going to be split me included I don't know what yours or Lee's opinions on, on that it's a really difficult topic and a really interesting topic at that Lee Seamus Coleman he's 33 in October he's made 61 appearances 
for Ireland. Where, where do you sit with this one? Like I say, I know it's caused a lot of debate on social media amongst Evertonians and Irish fans, but like what Ben said, at touching 33, picking up the odd injury here and there like he did last season, do you think it's now time to probably call international a day? A day? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think anyone can call into question Coleman's commitment to his country. You know, as, how many years services he's given them now? They've not really got anywhere. And I'm, I'm not being funny. They're rubbish. They're, they're absolutely terrible. You know, I, I've watched a bit of Ireland this week and my word, you know, no wonder he's having to play every single week and he doesn't get a look in. You know, a, a, sorry, a rest doesn't ever seem to happen because they're terrible. So it's almost like he's he's pushing his body to breaking points at nearly 33 with no real opportunity to like achieve anything other than you know get a couple more caps for his country. And I know he's a proud Irishman, but there's got to become a point where you're thinking, right, is this going to affect my me day to day, you know, which is his club? And unfortunately, due to complete and utter negligence on behalf of the club, but that's a, a topic we've already been over. He's he's our only option at right back. He's our, our only natural right back at the football club, and he's our captain. So has he got to look at himself and think, right, what's what's best for Everton as well? Um, you know, and this is as you've touched upon. It's not the first time it's happened, and it puts us in a real predicament because we're now going to have to put someone in at right back who isn't a natural right back. And it's going to weaken us in other areas because I'm like Ben. I want to see uh, Mina and Godfrey. That's our centre-back pairing. That's undoubtedly our strongest centre-back pairing. And we're going to have to break that up now to accommodate someone else at right-back. It's not great. And I just think it's a waste because, you know, and listen, I've all my mum's side of the family are Irish through and through, Dublin, but they're terrible. So I think it's just a complete waste as well. It's not like he's aiming for qualification for, for the World Cup and they're going to go on and do anything in the World Cup because they're not. So it's like, what are you putting yourself through this for and what, what are Everton suffering for? So yeah, I'd urge him to call it a day, extend his career at Everton, perhaps another year, two years, you know, like like other players have done, you know, throughout the course of history when they're getting on a little bit. So, but we'll have to just see. It's up to, as I say, he's his own man. You know, he's, he, he comes across quite principled and proud. So it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't. If I'm honest. Okay, guys, it's that time again. Ben, I'm going to start with you. It's prediction time. Everton v Burnley, Monday night, 8pm under the lights at Goodison Park. What is your prediction? I'm useless at this. You two have had a score each. I've had, I'm nowhere near. So, fans, if you're listening, don't back me on your hacker because it's useless. Um, I'm going to go for Everton to Burnley 1. 2-1 to the Blues and Lee. Well, after my last successful prediction against Brighton 2-0, I'm going to repeat that prediction and I'm going to go a very comfortable 2-0 win. And you're going to go 2-0. And I'm going to go 3-1 to Everton. 3-1. I think we'll score a few. And that's it, guys. That's all we've got time for tonight. Everton v Burnley is on Monday and it is an 8pm kickoff. You'll be able to hear us Tuesday night with all the fallout, all the analysis and match reaction from that with hopefully three points in the bag. If you haven't seen our social media over the last 24 hours, please check it out. The Christmas event is on December the 16th and we've got three fantastic guests 
We've got Everton's youngest ever goal scorer, James Vaughan, and two absolute legends in Peter Reid and Kevin Sheedy, all in attendance at the beer keller, all in aid of the Liverpool food banks. And we're going to try and put some Christmas dinners on tables for the less fortunate. It's £20 a ticket. All you have to do is go on go onto our website at www.thebullinsview.co.uk or alternatively, find us on Twitter at, at The Bullins View and you'll see the link. And like I say, we would love to see you there. It'll be a fantastic evening, great venue, great guests. And it is going to be the big blue Christmas party just before Christmas. Anyway, in the meantime, you'll hear from us again Tuesday night. Let's hope we have three points in the bag. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great weekend, and we'll see you Tuesday. Take care and all the very best. Thank you.